Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome to the show. Today we have a very special guest with us, Christine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Of course. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I am an author and global marketing strategist. I've spent the past 10 to 12 years really researching consumers, and I was researching Generation Y consumers back when they were called Generation Y because I had a retail marketing firm and the small businesses I was helping was like, I really want to target this new up and coming demographic, this Generation Y. So I started off with researching those consumers and just followed them through their life events, um, which led me to being called the number one global voice for working moms, because so many millennials, 9,000 babies are born to millennial moms every day. Mm. So um, I've just been following them through every stage of their lives, through home ownership, if they've done so, through marriage, some through early divorce. Um, And it's been very exciting. And I, in the past few years, have stepped from behind the consumer insight side and really started to share my own personal story. So I've written two books for mothers and their children, a children's book called Can Mommy Go to Work, which is basically teaching kids about why moms work so hard in the office. And then my um, novel, Mom AF, uh, which most millennial moms know what that stands for. Mm -hmm. And that's basically just a story about me being a type A mom and um, all of the things that most women deal with when you're trying to juggle work and family and ultimately just owning who you are. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I first saw the Can Mommy Go Back to Work and I was reading about it, I, I was like, wait a second, this is a children's book? I am su- I thought it was a book for me. And then I was <laughs> reading it and I was like, oh, she wrote a children's book and she wrote about her motherhood journey, which is amazing yeah. that you – casted that net of like, Hey, let's start with the kid. Like, let's teach them young about this working mom. And then now I have a book to support those moms who probably read that book to their kids or got that book to their kids. That's awesome. I love mommy go to work. I I love both books, but can mommy go to work is near and dear because uh, my grandmother always asked me to write a children's book and she passed before I did. Mm. Um, She asked me when I was 14 to write it. So the book is dedicated to her. And then my children helped me write it. So I read them the draft of it. They picked out what their characters in the book were going to look like down to the color of their sneakers and they are in the book. So that is, that book holds, um, that's very close to me. That's Mm. very near. That's sweet. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your grandma, but I'm sure she is. Oh, looking down saying I love that book too she is I know she is Mm, very sweet all right well let's go to your I I know you're saying you for your work you did a lot of research on generation y which is what we know as millennials um but like walk me through your motherhood journey what's kind of like put you on fire to like how do we reshape a working mom in the view of a working mom 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I feel like my view didn't want to be reshaped until I became a mother. So a mm. lot of a lot of what I do and the writing that I do is in the hopes that employers and company uh, peers that don't have children within the office recognize how hard these women do work and kind of break down the misconceptions about them. They are statistically um, shown to work longer hours, to be more productive and more dedicated to the office, yet everyone feels like there's this soccer mom term, which um, equates to a mother who, after she leaves the, the office, does something for her child, which I think is unfair. Um, so I really just try to break down those barriers and show that if if she has activities that she has to do, like go home to do pickup or start food or anything like that, that doesn't mean that she's not working hours at, thereafter, mm-hmm. logging back onto the computer and working. So um, it, it, again, it wasn't until I became a mom and really had to face preeclampsia and delivering early and just mm-hmm. the world unexpectedly of becoming a mother and then learning that my employer wasn't even prepared for me to be a mom. I was pumping in a bathroom stall and oh, had to, to, to learn my own rights um, in the workplace as a working mother and really advocate for them, uh, that I came to realize how far our country was, <clears throat> our, how far behind our country was in providing adequate resources for women who have given birth. Yeah. Well, and I would say that, I I do want to take a step back from what you just said and kind of give my perspective because I, before I became a mom, I was working my way up a corporate ladder um, and I, you know, worked with various moms. I worked with people who were getting pregnant and, and I, I always understood that there was um, like a reason why moms didn't like say they were getting pregnant because right you know, the stigma, all these things, but I'll never forget. Um, I was in a leadership role and I had an employee who came to me and didn't want to disclose that she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, and she wanted to wait and I thought, okay. And I thought it was cause you know, the miscarry time and all, and I, again, like super naive, yeah. only knew about it from afar. And then when I saw that when she finally said she was pregnant, how things changed. Like when yeah. we would talk about projects or responsibilities, it would be like, just remember, you know, that person is leaving on this day. Or just remember, you know, that person can't travel come this time. And right. it it then became this personal conversation. And that was my first time really seeing that. And then sure enough, seven months later, I'm pregnant and, you know, going through something very similar, but seeing like, wow, I'm, this is, I didn't realize that this affects you. Like even before your child is here from like a less, the less responsibilities, um, maybe like a smaller seat at the table, like whatever it is. And we already have a small seat at the table. So now you're like making it even smaller or limiting what that person can do just because they're pregnant or just because they're starting a family. That's right. And, uh, and I don't want to jump around too much because you said something and I want to go back to it later, but, um, I believe now that I'm a mom, I could have done the job I was doing better. Like, yeah, I would have, if I could redo my years in the corporate ladder today, I would be 
better for that organization. I would be more like capable a leader, of, right? yeah, more of a leader exactly. understanding. And I never understood that because yep. I had a boss say to me once and he was a man and we had a interesting relationship. He's a good guy, but uh, we just butt heads a lot. And I remember he said to me, well, when you become a mom, it'll change. And I was pregnant and I thought, okay, come on like that. I'm not going to change just because I'm a mom. And now I'm like, shoot, he knew way more about that. And he meant it from a leadership standpoint. He was like, you'll see this differently when you're a mom. And yep. he was totally right. Like I died. I would see that differently as a mom. Yep. Which is why these women need seats at the table and we need the diversity of their voice because motherhood does change you. And I'm always repeating and repeating and repeating motherhood has changed me for the better. It has improved my career. And when people are asked about their career choices, they learn soft skills like kindness and empathy from their mothers, not their fathers, regardless if the mother worked in an office or not. So it is very important to understand the the war between stay-at-home moms and working moms. It really doesn't matter. These mothers really are impacting the children and impacting our leaders. Yes, they do. They make a really big impact on the world because they're raising, you're right, the future leaders of of our world, of our country. Um, and they're just making humans good for society. <laughs> so yep. it's, it's so important to support them. I, I do want to touch on, I, I'd like to get your take on this because I know you're very knowledgeable about this topic. And obviously this is your passion, but there is a big divide between a stay at home mom and a working mom. Um, and I feel like I feel that way, uh, because I don't really know where I land sometimes because I've got passion projects and things that I work on that occupy my time. Somebody could say that's working, but I also know what working a job is like, and that's not what I do. So what, what do you think is the big divide between mom, like stay at home moms and working moms? Like why don't we both kind of understand each other's roles and understand um, to be more gentle when we talk yeah. about them? Yeah, you know, it probably has a lot to do with just us as human beings and the guilt that we carry. There's a lot of guilt when it comes to motherhood. And, you know, some stay-at-home moms find the phrase alienating because the working mom phrase originated from mothers who worked full-time jobs in offices outside of the home. But with the rise of remote work and flexible work and blogging entrepreneurs and freelancers, I mean, I could be called a stay-at-home mom because I do a lot of, I've been remote working all this week, taking care of my son who has the flu and I have a sinus infection right now. So am mm -hmm. I sometimes a stay-at-home mother? Yes. Am I sometimes a working mother in the office late hours? Yes. I, I think that, you know, even those, like I said, who aren't employed in the traditional sense are still responsible for a variety of tasks. And these women nowadays, it's not just cooking and cleaning and looking great for your husband. They're really lifestyle managers and therapists for their families. They're the ones who hold everything together. Um, I think that regardless of the title, it's important to understand that those women are working too. And all mothers are in fact working mothers. There is, there's a talk I give about ending the cold war because we are, on the same side, we are both asking to be understood and heard and to 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 the the impact that we are making on our families and in our environment to be recognized. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll give it to you from my perspective. Uh, when I first 
left the workforce and became a mom solely, um, I, I just remember being in social, excuse me, in social situations and people would say, what do you do? And I would say, Oh, I'm a mom. And that would be the end of the conversation. And what was really hard is before when I had a really cool title at a really cool company and it was in tech and I was a woman, it would be like, Oh, tell me more. What do you do? Oh, you travel. And it was interesting. And so what's hard is I would say it's whether you've had that experience or not, whether you enjoyed your job or not, or you're happy to be a stay at home mom or you want to be working, whatever it is. I do think that in the way that society represents you is also hard. Like we have to break that almost that like question of like, what do you do for work? Or tell me about what like we have to be really intentional when we find a mom who is working or who's not technically working a nine to five and being more curious about what they do and not just stopping at, Oh, you're just a mom. Yes, that's true. But I'm going to push back on you on that a little bit. Okay. Do it. So (laughs) when you said you answered by saying, Oh, I'm a mom. There's a little bit to me. I don't know if this is like in previous years. And I feel like with social media and mom tribes, women are um, changing their view of motherhood. But I almost feel like that response of, oh, I'm a mom is just, it's dismissive in itself. Mm. There is, there was so much more to you at that time than just being a mother. Like I said, you were a lifestyle manager. Your husband may have worked, but you were taking care of the household. You were, there was, there was so much more about you than just saying, oh, I'm a mom. And I feel like it goes both ways. I feel that society, yes, you're right, has said, Oh, she's just a mom because she stays home. And that, had, and in the past, women did feel that way. So when they were asked that question, they were saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm just a mom," or yeah. "I'm a mom." Versus today, women are so much more vocal about everything that is involved with staying at home, and the tasks that are responsible with it. That they have a lot more confidence and pride in the fact that they are doing so many tasks inside the home. And also, by the way, I'm not just a mom. I'm also somebody who enjoys yoga or enjoys doing activities with my children. I teach my children inside the home. I do X and Y and Z. And I think that there's been a cultural shift with mothers. And I'm very happy about that, that they are proud of things outside of being a mother and don't answer that question too often nowadays with saying I'm a mom. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for pushing back. I think that that's a really good um, point. And I'm with you on that. Like I remember when I first became a mom, I went to my LinkedIn just because that's where I, before I really hung my value was on work and a title and all of that. So I went and I changed all this like stuff. Like I'm a engineer, I'm a whatever. Cause I was like, I built train sets. I, you know, I was trying to be clever and I'll say personally for me, like this is my own thing. And probably a lot of work I have to do is that that also felt really, I don't, I don't know what the word is. Like it felt really false to me. Like, yeah. Like, cause if I did say that in a social situation, if I said, Oh, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Someone would be like, right. oh, where do you teach at? Who do you teach? Right. So yeah. I, I totally get it, it what you're saying. Yeah, it sounds like you're just, you're, it's, it's almost like you're trying to make a joke out of being a mom by posting those positions on LinkedIn. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could you and and I've and I've seen that before, and you know that's cute and whatnot. But I think that you should be proud of your professional background. There's nothing wrong with listing on LinkedIn that you still are within that field, especially if you plan to return to work one day. Many women do. I, I think I read a study where the majority of women, after they give birth, they do plan to return, even the stay at home, the quote unquote stay at home moms. So I don't think it's necessary to, you know, try and, and, and be funny or yeah. cute about your LinkedIn profile. You're right. But listen, that is a woman that don't don't blame yourself for that, because that is definitely a woman thing. I often do that in the office, too. I it's it's almost like it's my imposter syndrome mm. and me trying to dismiss and dis- diminish my accomplishments. Oh, for and sure. It all it all goes back to that. And I have to remind myself not to make a joke or laugh off compliments that I receive. I I still struggle with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's totally what it is. I mean, we could go on and on about how we were raised as women and the impact that we, that that has on us for sure. But yes, I, I, and I get what you're saying. I do think if we want to change that interaction of like, oh, cool, you're a mom, then we have to represent that differently. And not just have to, we should, because we do more than that. And that's a working mom and that's a full-time stay-at-home mom. Like, that's both. I mean, both do a lot of work and do a lot of good work. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So one of the things that I read is in your newest book, you, um, Mom AF, it's obviously (laughs) your story of being a mom and being a working mom and you, and you walk through your journey. It says like, um, times when you had to be like, Oh, you got to get your crap together and all that good stuff. One of the questions that I have is around mom guilt. So for me, I totally struggle with mom guilt. I know every mom does, but I can only imagine if you're away from your babies and you're working on this and there's all this pressure of what that, what society tells you that makes you as a mom. And then you need this like time to yourself to decompress. Yeah. Like how can a mom eliminate that type of mom guilt? Cause I, I feel like it's high for me, but I can only imagine if I was doing something else for multiple hours during the day, that that would be even harder to get that. Right. And I'm, and I faced that this week because I had the sinus infection and I had, my son had the flu, but my daughter was fine. I had to tell her, you can't hug on me. You can't kiss on me. I really, not only am I still running you around to boxing and karate and school mm-hmm. and I'm working remote, but I, my body is physically drained from having a sinus infection. So I have to stop and say, I can't be around you right now because I'm feeling still sick. And there still was that guilt that came along with that, but I've had to learn over time to be very honest and communicate honestly, especially as a single parent with my daughter. And I feel like I am making her uh, a much more pragmatic human being as a result and more practical. And I'm very, I'm happy for that Um, because I will say to her, um, even when I'm not sick, I'll sometimes have to say to her, um, I had to teach her what an introvert and an extrovert was. Hmm. I'm a very big introvert. It doesn't seem like it. I become extroverted in communities that I'm comfortable. So like around black women and mothers, I'm very comfortable. But in other situations, I'm quite introverted. And I had to explain to her the difference and, and tell her when mommy says that she needs alone time and you might see her just sitting on her phone or texting or watching TV, that might seem like I'm doing other things and and not wanting to spend time with you. It's not. 
That's how I'm decompressing. That's how I'm recharging. Because when I am around people, even you, unfortunately, it drains me. Mm-hmm. And and she was like, oh, I kind of get that. I completely understand because I'm the kind of person where I need to pull from people. And I know she is. She's a high extrovert. Mm. So I try to give her her time and she loves it. Even if she's just sitting watching me on the phone, she loves it because she's near me. But I feel like there's a part of us that we we keep trying to protect these children in a where we can't protect them. You know, we can't shelter them from everything. This is the real world. We are working women. We are trying to balance work and life, and we're still trying to shelter them and keep them from all facets of our life as if we can. When they when they blend so much, we have no choice but to tell them, I have to work right now. I need alone time right now. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. So I find the, the more honest I am with my child, I think that it'll make our relationship better in the long run, but it makes me more sane. <laughs> if that well, makes sense. Yeah. And I would, I argue all the time that children are smarter than right. we give them credit for and they can yes, handle they more than we, than we give to them. And that's, yes. I err on that side just because that's the only way I know how to do it. <laughs> like I have to talk exactly. things out with Grayson and he's two. So he doesn't, I mean, I'm sure there's words I use and he's like, I don't know what you're saying. Um, but for me, I have to, that just I that's how I get my point across. That's how I work things out. And so Me too. I, I can't I don't know. I just have always erred on the side that they're just smarter than we give them credit for. So I think it's yep. great. I think it's great to share with her. And obviously she can start to see how she can relate to that, even if it's in the opposite form. Right. She can start to relate to that, which is a good human skill to have. <laughs> like it, that'll make it, her better for society. Yeah, it's teaching her empathy for sure. And it's funny you said about sharing words with Grayson. With my son, I do that too. And I remember saying to him one time, like, what are you implying? And he was like, I'm implying that I didn't understand what you were just saying. Like, he knew what the word meant because I used it so much with him. And he's five. So I'm telling you, Grayson probably understands. Well, yeah, you know, what's so funny is he's just entered into this really communicating to the point where I'm like, wow, I really got to watch what I say around him. Like, even if I'm on the phone with my sister or my friend, I have to be like, oof, really careful about how I describe a person I'm talking about because he's listening. Um, But he started saying something like, actually, no, actually, (laughs) yeah. And my husband's like, that's so weird. Where did he get that from? And then two days later, my husband's like, I didn't realize you say actually all the time. You say, actually, how about this? Actually, how about that? And now he says, no, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do that. If we say no, that's not supposed to happen. He'll be like, no, I'm supposed to do that. And so I'm like, I don't know if you actually know what that word means or if we've just used it so often, you know where to place it in your sentence, but. Right. He's like, that's what you say when you want somebody to do what you want. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, it's, they, they pick up on it. They're smarter than we give them credit for, for sure. They yep. are little sponges just soaking it up the whole world. Yes. So you're a single mom and how old yes. is your daughter and son? Eight and five. Eight and five. Okay. And so obviously this is why you, um, write these books and that you are this voice for these women because you're just you're doing it every day you're in the trenches but really how do you do it 
it's tough. I mean, I have my breakdown moments. I had a breakdown this week because I, I can always juggle a full-time career. I can juggle the writing. I can juggle the speaking. I can even juggle being a single mom. But what I can't juggle is poor co-parenting. And I had a week this week where it was poor co-parenting on my ex-husband's side. And I was already physically sick and it broke me down mentally mm. and physically. And I knew, and I always feel like other women, because I get direct messages all the time of other women's stories and it brings me to tears sometimes. Mm. But I felt bad even sharing that part of my life when I felt like my job was to always inspire, inspire, inspire. And I just broke down and told my honest story this week. And I was overwhelmed by the responses that people gave saying it's nothing wrong with sharing your story because there's, you know, there's healing from sharing your truth, no matter how hard you or soft you think your truth is. And I, I can't tell you how much, how better I feel yeah. today having gone, gone through that and, and shared it. You know, there is just so true about mom tribes and communities. And I really feel like through social media, especially Instagram, I've built such a community of such loving mothers. Um, it, and I'm always, trying to inspire them and give them kind words. I was so just grateful that they were willing to do the same for me because yeah. that's the only time I really break down is, and and everybody knew it was, it's funny. My therapist knew it was going to happen. My strategists were like, you got a lot going on your plate. Something is going to break you. And I'm like, no, I got it handled. I got it handled. But it's always the co-parenting because that's the one thing I can't control. Yeah. Yeah. How is that? I mean, how do you guys co-parent? Are you guys... Like, we don't. It sucks. You don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's we hard. don't. It sucks. Right. <laughs> well, actually, that brings me to my next um, thing I want to talk about. Where I saw this article where you were being interviewed, and you talked about how closing the gender wage gap, we had to close the housework gap. Yeah. And I thought, first off, you said that, and totally was like, "Yep. Mm-hmm. Like." hundred percent. Cause I think that that statement alone goes so much deeper than who's actually doing the laundry. It's like more of the expectations of who is doing the laundry. And that starts when you're right. brand spanking new into this world to everything you see and witness on TV, your home, everything. So, right. um, I think it's really great. But so how, I mean, as a single mom, you like there isn't a way of of really closing no. the work gap there isn't and i have to work that much harder and prove myself in the office so that i am still afforded the opportunities of making enough money that i can hire my own wife basically so i don't have a nanny right now but i do have daycare for my son he has half day school so he has daycare i'm exploring pulling him out of that and getting a nanny so that if he's ever sick, he can just stay home. Mm -hmm. Because when you when you talk about the fact that there is no nobody to defer to, like the housework gap is all on me. I think of the prime example of this week, which was the daycare wouldn't allow him to come to school because he's sick. And I understand that. Yeah. But I still had to pay for daycare. And oh, the school, wow. And the school won't allow him to come to school. But he is... Um, he has allergy and asthma problems, so he misses a lot of school. If he misses too many days of school, I will get a letter from the state saying that I'm not sending my child to school. So which one is it? You know, and I feel like mm. that's that's the problem with our society. You want the moms to stay home with these kids, but at the same time, it's like 
it's just a mess. It's just an absolute mess. Like you don't want the kids in school, but you want the kids in school. There's no emergency childcare or there's, there's, there's no adequate solution for mothers in this kind of situation. But at the same time, you still have to pay for childcare and daycare. It's an absolute mess. The house, just long story short, the housework gap is an absolute mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like my, you know, my sisters have kids in school and one of them's a single mom and the other one stays at home. And I mean, but they both have the challenges with like, oh, it's a teacher day today. So no school. And then it's a holiday and then it's a early release. And every time they say these things to me, I mean, I have thought like, okay, maybe I'll go back to work at this time. And this is what I'd like to do. And this is the company I'd like to have and all these dreams. And then I think, gosh, I mean, once Grayson's in school, who knows the days I'll be able to actually work because I feel like school takes a break more than not. They do. They never, it's like they never want them at school, but at the same time, if the kids aren't in school, you're penalized for it. It makes absolutely no sense, which is why I'm looking into getting a nanny because it's like, at least if I'm paying for a nanny, she's not going to say, well, Wes can't come to school because he's sick. Well, he's at home. Yeah. You know, it's almost like we're forcing women to come up with their own. And I know a lot of women who have really creative solutions. A lot of women do shared nannies, but you know, it's hard for us because we're still sacrificing something on the back end. We're not able to work late or spend time networking like other, you know, like our male counterparts or women without children can. And why? Because we had children. That's very unfair. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think our world, especially in the workforce, doesn't, like pertain to women when they have children it it is it is individuals who can sell their soul to this company rather than how do we actually have you know I I worked at a company that would talk about work-life balance like we're gonna have work-life balance we're gonna have work-life balance and as a you know no I didn't have any kids I was like yeah I've got work-life balance but if I could imagine myself trying to do what I was doing before and I worked with moms who did it I don't think that that existed for them and if it and if it did it existed because they created it the company did not help them in that balancing they created that balance right and we're penalized on both sides because sometimes the employer is doing it and sometimes it's child care and education you know it's ridiculous that child care is as much as rent in some instances for mothers that is absolutely ridiculous yeah. Which is why women are forced to go back to work. They have no choice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I hear that a lot too. Like whenever there's talk about like a working mom and a stay-at-home mom, a lot of working moms say like, I don't, I didn't want to go back to work. I just can't afford to right. not go back to work. And that's what makes sense for their family or vice versa. Like there's a stay-at-home mom that they can't, they can't afford to go back to work because right. childcare is so much and maybe their job didn't pay them as much as they wanted or whatever it was. I mean, that was a big thing for me. I started to look at childcare or a nanny and we're in the Seattle area. So it's expensive to hire an employee or hire a nanny or go to a reputable daycare. And I was like, wow, at some point I don't, I think my paychecks would literally be going to pay for this care so why not just not pay for the care and stay home right that was a big thing it's crazy 
Well, I appreciate you sharing the struggles that you've had this week because I think what that shows is I can, you know, obviously look at Instagram, read all these these articles, read about your books, and be like, wow, this person has figured it out. Like, you have mastered this working mom. And I think it's really cool that moms can hear this voice of, like, when we're working on something, especially as moms, I don't think there actually is, like, an end game it's just the journey of how we better ourselves through that versus like there's no end destination to like balancing being a working mom or whatever it is that you're trying to you know do it's just the journey of getting there and how you can be kind and you know resourceful to yourself versus um going in the negative route absolutely the smartest thing someone ever is you're a new mom every day because you don't know what it's like to parent a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old. You yeah. just master what it is to parent a four year old. You just mastered what it is to parent a three year old. But you're going to learn something new every day and there's gonna be a new obstacle every day. So just be a little bit more kind to yourself. Give yourself some credit for the fact that you're learning how to be a mother all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um also in and that art you the best with uh terrible C's and three majors. Oh yeah, I'm not three nagers. Oh, yeah, that's what you call it. Yeah, I've heard a lot about the threes. I'm not there yet, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> don't, don't, because effing effing fours is right after that, and God bless you for that. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, every time I step into a new season in motherhood, I like really look around. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me? Like. Right. You guys are just hiding this like secret from me of what's happening next. <laughs> I don't right. know why. Yeah. No, oh, man. Um, in that article, when you were talking about the gender wage gap, obviously, you know, having that housework gap be closed was a big thing. But then you also talked about like the ability to work from home and then having flexible jobs like job sharing. Do yeah. you see like in your work and in your research, do you see that companies are at least like trying to go that way or at least like having open conversations about what that might look like for a mom? Yeah, I've seen open conversations about what that would look like for anybody who is dedicated to the organization. Um, You know, typically because of where they are personally, that does tend to be parents or older professionals. But it's a it's different from flexible work. Um, it really requires commitment on from both employees and commitment to the employer to provide a a, a, a fulfilling and enriched experience. So it's it's definitely a future forward thinking trend. It's not popular by any means, but it mm. is adopted a lot by by mothers. Yeah, I wish um, there was more things like that because I do think that. It can just make your life a lot different. I had a friend recently who just switched to working from home. I mean, and she is a badass and has always been and worked really hard at a, you know, place where she had to be physically somewhere all day and then luckily switched companies and got a promotion and was able to stay at home. And it has completely changed for her. I mean, it's still challenging to do that, but, you know, when she has – types of things you're talking about where kids are sick or school is out or a snow day, all the, she can still do both. And I think that's also the beauty of moms is that moms can do both. They can 
work and work productively and take care of their babies at the same yeah. time. And I wish employers recognize that because it's, it's a benefit to them only really. Yep. They are extremely resourceful, extremely. Yeah. Well, and they have a, a stronger why. I think that's always been my, even before I was a mom and I would work with other moms, I would always say and advocate and talk about how their why is much stronger than mine. Like yeah. my why is like why I get up and go to the gym and why I do this. Like they have actually humans that they're raising that are their why. And I think that that produces more productivity than a standard individual who has other things that might be their why, but not raising a human and the demands of what that is. Or caregiving, period. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, one of the things I want to talk about before you go is you created something called Mom, Panure, and Me. And I do want you to talk about that, but I, I watched the video and I just want you to know I love so much that you not only are doing the work and, you know, sharing the work and being an advocate for it, but you're also infecting change by creating things like this because you actually provide child care. Yes. Which I think is my like. is my baby. Yes. <laughs> the best thing ever. So, t- so tell us about Mom Panure and me. Yeah. So when I was interviewing women for articles and every time I spoke at an event, um, I would notice that there were women in the room who talked about they hoped to be mothers one day or there weren't a lot of women in the room who were mothers. So the conversation didn't seem like it really resonated. And I would always try and get feedback. And a lot of the feedback I was getting was the mothers weren't able to come due to not having childcare or they wish they could have attended, but they didn't have a sitter. And I felt like, again, trying to speak to that housework gap and childcare being the biggest part of that. How can I make it so that these women are developing themselves professionally for free with childcare on site? So I went to some of the brands that target mothers and talked about Mompreneur and me back in 2015. And we started in Baltimore and five years later, we're still going this year. We have a fabulous partner who is committed to working mothers and, and committed to furthering their education. I'll be announcing who that is in uh, March last year. We were so lucky to have McDonald's and Suja juice and Sir Latob and Tessa Mays and a number of different brands. Um, really not only sponsor the event, but provide the mothers with tools and resources and swag, you know, on top mm-hmm. of it. I was, I was so happy because not only did we have CEO women, like the CEO of Influencer come out and speak, but the mothers were so excited that not only was the event free, not only were they hearing from a CEO of a company that just was, was bought, but they got swag on top of that. It was completely free for them and they got swag. So yeah. it's, um, I encourage all mothers because it is completely free. You know, there is no cost to you to, to sign up for our mailing list. We share resources and tools and we do have events. That is so cool. Do you guys ever <laughs> expand like outside, like do it to other oh, yeah. states, other cities? Yeah. So this year's event is going to be in DC, but last year we did a six city tour. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay, well, I, I'm definitely going to sign up for that. I just think it's cool because even if you're not a working mom, like being in the community, but like you want, you know, that's maybe your goal or maybe you're, you've been thinking about some sort of like side hustle or whatever it is. and Or you just need to meet a new mother. You know, yes. there's nothing. 
come I always say it's for working moms, stay at home moms, boss moms, mompreneurs, everybody in between. As long as you want to to learn and you want to have a good time, come on out. We've done everything from mommy and me yoga with the kids to uh, a gym class in Brooklyn to a cooking class in DC, which you saw. It's just a really, it's, it's honestly my favorite. We do it in the summer and it's my favorite thing to do in the summer because it's just so fun to meet other moms and their kids. It's so cool. I just think it's so cool that you're, Again, I think so many people preach it because it's really easy to talk about. Like for me, I I can talk about it all day long, but I'm not sure I'm doing anything to really um, change it or be an advocate or any of that. But like you actually are putting together an event that is 100% geared towards moms, which is, and a lot of moms being away from their kid, whether it not be a, a financial issue it also can be like a physical thing. Maybe they aren't ready to do that. I remember when I was a new mom and I really wanted to get involved in some of the groups that were going on, but they were like adults only or moms only. I just wasn't ready to let my son be with anyone else. It just wasn't where I was from like a physical place. Right. So like I wanted him at least in the same building as I was. Right. And so being able to, Yeah, being able to get that for moms, that's so cool. I love that. Thank you. Well, I I feel like I'm your new biggest fan. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I love thank what you. you're doing. I think that, um, I just think it's so cool. I love that you are taking a topic that I think a lot of companies need to talk about, need to figure out, um, and you're almost forcing that with being so vocal and doing things like this, writing books and um, getting, you know, doing different interviews, talking about gender wage gaps and really addressing what is the issue. And then ultimately your mom, Panur and me, I think it's so cool. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. Of course. Well, I really hope that, um, your week gets better, <laughs> that you feel <laughs> more rested. Uh, cause I thank know you. that being a mom is hard and being a single mom and a mom boss, I can't even imagine. That's a lot of That's hard okay. work. I got a Snickers bar and a Coke here, and I'm going to rip it up. There you go, girl. There you go. (laughs) Okay, well, before we go, I do have one final question for you. Okay. If you could take everything you've done from the beginning of being a mom to today, what's the one piece of advice you would want to give to all the mamas out there? Definitely what I said earlier, which is you're a new mom every day, so give yourself credit for it. The fact that that you don't know what it means to parent a teenager or you don't know what it means to juggle a new career or a new city while having an infant or having a four-year-old. You could be a mother of two or three. Parenting the first child at five is going to be different from parenting the second child. So we tend to just beat ourselves up so much. And like you said, it's a journey. It's, It's not supposed to be perfect. And there is no end perfect vision of work-life balance it's just it it doesn't exist so Mm -hmm. you know I even have to tell myself this all the time just don't beat yourself up take it day by day yeah yeah I think self-talk positive self-talk is it's it's a journey I'm on for sure and I think that's the thing is it's never really fully you're never gonna not say something negative to yourself right it's just how do you get better at removing that and get quicker at stopping that um, that's right. In your head. I think that's really, 
That's really important. And I do love that you said that because you are a new mom every day. I mean, Grayson, I mean, he's only two. And there has been times that he has completely shifted from like a nap. You know, he goes down for a nap as one kid and then he wakes up and that kid's gone and this new kid's here and he's got some new skill and some new behavior that we either have to like work out or (laughs) figure out how to help. Like it's hard and it does, it hits you quickly, quicker than you would think sometimes. Right. You're teaching somebody how to navigate the world. Like how freaking hard does that sound? That is hard. I don't even know how to navigate the world. Exactly. (laughs) So imagine trying to teach somebody else to do it. That's my very point. Yeah. We should be a little bit kinder to ourselves. Yes, that's very true. We should. You're right. (laughs) Man. Well, I, Christine, I cannot thank you enough. Um, You are truly amazing. And I'm going to make sure that everything is linked below in the description. And then obviously you can find it on our Instagram page, but, um, you can check out the two books, uh, Can Mommy Go to Work is a children's book, and then Mom AF is her newest book, talking all about how um, she does motherhood. And then, yeah. of course, you can sign up for Mom, Panewer, and me um, on the link below. Yeah, thank you for having me again. I'm really thankful. Oh, of course. Anytime you come back, we'll talk about we'll all the things. We'll do. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at The Mama Stories, or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you.